0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night Pre-Party with one of the stars of a new Prime Video series that I absolutely adore, Sophia Rosinski from Paper Girls. I cannot congratulate you enough. The whole group crushes it, but you are electric as Mac in this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Perry. I genuinely mean it. So every single Ladies Night starts here with the same question. What is the movie, the performance, the personal experience that first made you say to yourself, I have to be an actor? Ooh.
1: That's a that's a good question. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. I kind of the first thing that comes to mind is so my favorite actor on the planet is Alec Guinness. And when I was little, I remember being at my grandparents' house, we would always sit and watch um a christmas carol all year round we didn't have to just be in december or anything we would just always that movie would always be playing and i remember just watching albert finney dive into this character and he he looks he looks completely different as a young man and then the way he transformed himself not just with the makeup but also just the way that he would twist up his his face and Alec Guinness was also in that. And he played Bob. Mar- uh, Bob Mar- Jacob Marley. <laughs> he doesn't play Bob Marley, <laughs> but he plays Jacob Marley. And I remember he used to terrify me when I was little, but that performance was just, it was just stellar. And I remember I would be running around the room if I was alone in the room, and his scene would come on as Jacob Marley when he would come up into the uh, come into Scrooge's room. I remember I would be running around the room trying to find somebody to sit with for that scene. And nobody was in the room one day. And I just sat there and I, I had to watch it. I was terrified, but I really just Alec Guinness, I would say would probably be one of the earliest things that really inspired me other than seeing my, my sister and my,
0: my parents. Yeah. That's wonderful. What a, what an excellent pick right there. I love that. So when you first decide that the dream is to become an actor, what did the dream look like? What did making it look like? Did you have a specific actor that made you think like that's how I picture myself when I make it to Hollywood?
1: Rory. Right. All right. I'm I have I have sort of a little bit of a list here. So, I'm probably going to say Betty Davis, Carol Kane, uh Julieta Messina, Alec Guinness. Alan Arkin, uh, Jose Ferrer. I I think specifically for Alec Guinness, one of the things that, that really draws me uh, towards him, and actually the same could be said for Julieta Messina or any one of the, the people um, that I just named is that they're all, they're all chameleons. So they look completely different in one role. And then in the next role, they've just transformed and it's, you don't even realize, oh, I'm watching Alec Guinness right now. No, he's, he's just the character. You're just watching, watching him. And I would, I really strive to be a chameleon. So I would just say the image of not being anything, being able, just fluid, you know, anything. You what an be excellent to be? way
0: to put that. <laughs> that was, I, I have a big burning question now. Is is your knowledge of all these actors coming from your family, having uh, exposed you to so many of these movies at such a young age?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. My my grandparents, it's funny because my mom always says that um, my great-grandparents used to make my grandpa watch the stuff that they, or look at the stuff that they always were when they were little. My grandpa always made my mom, and my dad always watched the stuff that they were watching when they were growing up. My mom makes me watch the stuff. My dad makes me watch the stuff they watched when we were growing up and the stuff that my grandpa and great-grandparents. So just all of this stuff has accumulated and just been very present all throughout my
0: life. So a a lot of folks out there your age have not seen a lot of movies like that. If you had to pick just one to make essential viewing for someone your age that likely hasn't seen those older films, what movie would you pick and why?
1: I, lo- I really like this question. I'm sorry, I know <laughs> I've been rambling a lot. Just I, When I get excited, my brain starts. <laughs> That's what Lady Night is for, you go for it. <laughs> All right, so my favorite movie on the planet is The Lady Killers, 1955, Alec Guinness, Herbert Lomb, Cecil Parker, Katie Johnson, Danny Green, Jack Warner. It just, to me, that entire movie is brilliant. There's not a thing about it that I would change. And I've seen that thousands of times, probably. And I would say that that movie, I would say
0: maybe that movie as essential viewing for somebody my age. These are such great, like, these are all things that, like, I studied in film school. I feel like I wish I had been exposed to it when I was far younger. So let's get into some of your onset experience now. So you were so, so young when you first started acting, but... What was, I guess, your very first onset memory that you've held on to and you still feel influencing the work that you're doing today? I, I met Gary
1: Sinise um on an episode of Criminal Minds I did years and years ago, and I just remember his his generosity and, and warmth. And he had just such a welcoming spirit and I, I really admire that. He he treated everybody with such respect and he he had such elegance. And I, I really loved that. Maybe just that. And also I, I, I asked him to sign uh, his autograph for me and I left my, I had a Queen Mary pen with me and I left it in his trailer. I had knocked on his door and I had to go back and get it. And I just remember that was kind of goofy, but I would probably
0: say just his, his grace. What an excellent quality to highlight. I am a big believer that if everyone approached all their work on set with grace and kindness, this business would be a much happier place. This is true. This is true. What is your absolute favorite part of the acting process? Do you like, you know, playing around and exploring in rehearsals, Uh, seeing a set that you're about to be on for the first time? What's like the specific part that you get most excited about? A, just uh,
1: I, I really enjoy chemistry reads. So I would say maybe maybe doing a chemistry read or getting into, um, I would say any, any element of getting on set, you change into your costume, maybe it's super early in the morning and everything outside is kind of dark except for some street lamps on, you know, that kind of thing. You, you get in there, put your costume on and... And you just go out there, you see these people who, you, who you've grown to really love. I would say just getting, getting out there and doing it and
0: being around some incredible people. That's such a beautiful scene you just set right there. I can practically (laughs) picture it. Um, Before we jump into Paper Girls full force here, I know you make a lot of short films with your sister, and I've got to imagine that means that you have a wealth of behind the scenes knowledge that really comes in handy when you're just acting on a big project like that. So what are some invaluable lessons you learned making your own shorts that you're able to apply to something like Paper Girls? I'm gonna say listening.
1: I think listening is is vital to to keeping things running smoothly and keeping things positive and and creating a really open and nice environment, just listening, somebody who has something to say, you know, hear them out. And oftentimes it'll be something that will drastically improve whatever you are trying to accomplish. So I would say probably that as well as
0: Making sure you're drinking water. (laughs) Don't get dehydrated. It sounds so simple and basic. I am the absolute worst at that. And I've had so many people say like water is the most important thing. Meanwhile, I have a body that is just like practically made of, of like coffee and Red Bull. <laughs> what about when it comes to the crew, the, the different jobs on the crew? Is, is there any particular job with the shorts that you're making with your sister that, you know, you hope give you the opportunity to learn more about a specific behind the scenes job?
1: Oh, yeah. I immediately what comes to mind is the props department and set decoration. I I'm just amazed at what they pull off in such a short amount of time. As well as of course cinematography, lighting, definitely sound. I would really love to dive in and learn more about sound and that's that to me when I'm if I'm watching something it's it's such an underappreciated um part of, of film if if you're watching something it's funny when it's good sound you never notice it but when it's bad sound it's all you can think about when you're watching it and i just think that that's such an interesting balance
0: so really just any any one of those the sound combo with the score on paper girls is just absolutely perfect you just like it enhances the atmosphere and when the theme kicks in you get chills every time Totally. Yeah, I think they that was they did an amazing job and the
1: soundtrack is so unique and and sparkling.
0: I literally just got the soundtrack in my email and I cannot wait to keep listening over and over and over. <laughs> so backing up with Paper Girls to the audition phase, what would you say is the biggest difference between how you pictured Mac when you went in for the first audition to who she became in the final show?
1: Well, I would say the Mac that I sort of presented in the audition was she was, she didn't have exactly the same sprightly up actively sort of aggressive energy that I, I brought in the show in the Mac in the audition was a lot straighter, flatter, straightforward, kind of dead, dead eyed stare sort of Mac. And in the show, she seems to have a bit more of, you know, kind of up in arms, getting out, throwing stuff at people sort of thing, you know. So I, th- I think that that's probably the big difference.
0: I definitely understand going that route for the audition, but I'm so glad you changed it because some of the biggest delights in this series is when like you get those like random bursts of personality from her <laughs> and it just like lights up a scene. Thank you. All right, how about when it comes to the idea of adapting, like bringing the source material to screen? Because you want to be able to honor really great source material, but it's always really exciting with an adaptation to see how a character evolves through the interpretation of a creator, like an actor. So what is something from the comics that you really wanted to hold tight to? But then also, what's something you wanted to do to make this Mac your own?
1: Well, I'll start by saying the comic book Mac I love her dearly, and I really hope that I did her justice and i I tried to I kind of gave sort of comic book Mac with my twist on her um I'm trying to think of something that I can pinpoint in specific about about her. I know that I know that they're they have their differences, but I'm trying to think of one that I can actually point to um I would say, maybe, just her, maybe her interactions with the other girls, just the way the way she interacts with the other girls. I feel like there, there are some slight differences and some similarities as the way that the Mac comic book Mac interacted with the comic book paper girls, but I can't. It's hard for me I, to actually find one specific thing though. Crud.
0: i mean just it, it being a different feel even still counts like a like a different like tone and that kind of quality to the character
1: right maybe maybe then in that case it would be maybe she's trying to play things down a little bit more my my interpretation maybe she's just kind of trying to keep her head down a little bit more than comic book mac who was very much reacting to everything that's happening to her and allowing it to um, fully affect her on the spot, where I feel like as maybe my interpretation of Mac has... Of course, Mac in the comic book's still not great with showing emotion and stuff, but she still, I think, shows a little bit more in the moment than my interpretation, I think. I'm not sure if that... If my... The words coming on my face just made sense. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. You you also just brought up uh, Max' relationship with the other characters. So I need to ask you about working with um, Aaron, Fina, and Cameron here. So one thing I always love talking about with actors is everybody's different approaches to the work and the techniques that they use. So can you tell us one unique quality about each of them that, you know, differentiates how they approach their work on set?
1: Okay, so I'll just sort of describe a couple of things that I find very unique at about just sort of their performances in general, I think that, for instance, Cameron, um, she actually reminds me. This the song "Stepping Out" reminds me reminds me of her. She just gets this twinkle in her eyes, and she's like a she's like a sprite, you know, like a like a fairy. She's she brings such a specific, sparkling, bubbling kind of energy, and not only Offset but also To Tiffany, she brings this same same light inside of her that just keeps you transfixed, and I would say just her allowing this inner light that she has just it just shines through her face. It's just I would say just by her allowing that to come through, that's something that I think is quite unique. She doesn't try to push that aside or anything, you know. She just gets a. It's hard for me to describe, but When you see her, you'll know what I'm talking about. She just has a light behind her eyes that comes through every single time
0: that you You see her. You feel it throughout the entire show, but then it's almost like that quality gets really explosive when she's sharing the screen with Sakai. I can't believe the two of them together.
1: Yeah, I I mean, that's such such an interesting plot line, and I, I really love that. Just... It is because she was saying earlier it's kind of like a big sister little sister dynamic and it's just so funny to me to see little Tiff experiencing all this stuff after you know things just been building up this entire time. And I would say for Fina she has she has this kind of sweet and sad quality to her just sometimes when she's when she's playing KJ and it just makes you it just melts your heart. And yet she's so she's so protective and she's so strong and she doesn't even she doesn't even realize that and just seeing her go through all of these emotions just you can see it happening and it's it's really beautiful and i would say just just by that sweet sadness that she brings to kj i would say that's something that you so unique you know haven't seen that before just bringing something to such a an unusual and beautiful character, and yet there's this melancholyness to her, and yet when she smiles, you feel completely warm and for Riley, I would say she keeps things she she can be so calm and cool, and then, for instance, when she's leaving the house and she goes like that at, after she's talking to her mom, that's just you really you're really rooting for her and she'll she'll be in a moment or something she'll be listening to something and then she'll suddenly crack a smile like that and i just think that that's that's the coolest thing just to see something quickly you see just a quick spark inside of her and it's adorable it's really
0: wonderful i totally just called riley aaron earlier didn't i (laughs) i I went through all the san diego comic-con without doing that but i saved it for the week after (laughs) No, I, oh, right. it's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. So now for you specifically, Max's expressions and her specific line delivery throughout this show are just like, they're priceless and they feel so specific to you. So I can't help but wonder how much of that is scripted and how much of that is you finding exactly what you want to do on the spot?
1: Well, I'll start by saying the script and the comic books are just such a, they're such a wonderful blueprint, you know? you already have this, this beautifully developed character. And it's, I was just honored that I would be able to bring her to life. Um, I would say we were allowed to improvise quite a bit on set and everything. So I would say, okay, for instance, um, the scene, I know it's in the trailer when Riley and I are standing outside of the, the tech store. And I say that she did give you that rad shirt. I added on, which says dumb on it. So I I improvised that. And then Riley hits right back, right back at me with, well, it is her shirt. So that, that was all improvised. And I think it was, I really take my hat off to production. They, they, they let us experiment and they let us react and work off each other. And I, I'm really happy that they did. And I would say just as far as expressions and stuff, I my face is always moving I think and it's always doing something weird even if I don't I know um sometimes I move my mouth around a lot and it looks like I an old man moving his dentures around in his mouth and that's just maybe not (laughs) maybe not the best facial movement but I would say a lot of that just happens you know I was brought up in the Meisner technique so just living truthfully under imaginary circumstances just reacting organically
0: and naturally and I those things just happen, I guess. It works like exceptionally well here. How how many of those F-bombs are scripted?
1: Oh boy. I'll <laughs> tell you, I don't use bad language in, in real life. And when I, I, remember when I was auditioning, I was reading through the sides and I was at my grandpa's house. And he, to say the least, he's not a huge fan of bad language. And I remember taping the audition and I could hear him walking out outside of the door walking down the hallway and I would try to be quieter on I <laughs> would be approaching an f-word or something like that I not many of them I improvised I don't think not many f-words no
0: for someone who doesn't use bad words in real life you you really know how to work with them in, in a scene <laughs> spot-on delivery there um I have to let you go soon. So before we do that, I'm going to put up the spoiler warning for our viewers so you could talk about a couple things a little more freely here. So the first thing that I wanted to follow up on is um, when we had our Comic-Con conversation, we were talking about the value of a good scene partner. And Fina had said that you were the scene partner she needed during a scene that was too spoilery for us to talk about. Do you happen to know what scene that was? I believe
1: I know which scene she was talking about. I'm I'm, I'm allowed to say it now, right? You could say whatever right. you want. If
0: someone's still here, they've seen all of Paper Girls.
1: Okay. So I believe I could be wrong. I could be wrong now, but I don't think so. Like, Monk. <laughs> um, I, I believe that she was referring to the scene on the motorbike uh, with Mac and KJ. Or the scene in the... No, yeah, I think that, I think that that's the one that she was referring to. Um where KJ has come and she's sort of rescued Mac and they're on the motorbike headed back to Larry's farm because, and Mac had to leave her brother. And so I think that's, that's the scene that she was referring to there. And Fina just did a a
0: marvelous job. She did a marvelous job. I hope you know how exceptional you are in that scene, especially because there's a really long shot of you that requires in a single shot, like a complete emotional transformation. And you do that quite beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So looking ahead a little bit, I know you don't really know what's to come, but just to kind of play around and theorize a little bit. What is something you think Mac learns in season one or a new quality that she gains that you would be especially excited to get to play with for the first time in season two?
1: I feel that Mac's sense of humor is is very present throughout season one, of course, and sort of until she learns certain uh, shocking news, then it sort of starts to die down a little bit, as it would, you know, based on the the news that she heard being... But I would say that probably at the beginning of the series, Mac is very, she's very guarded. And she's a she's a really tough nut to crack. But when she, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil anything still. I'm not sure. But when she hears of certain news, I think that shell starts to melt away a little bit because she realizes there's no point in in trying to, in trying to um, in trying to keep that up and trying to keep her guard up, really, there's there's no point. It's useless now. So I think that in one way, it's very it's pretty claustrophobic for her. But then at the same time, it's actually quite freeing because there's no use there's no need for that. She she adapted this shell for the she adopted this shell for the environment around her at home. She has a very rough home life. She's had to be very strong to survive all that. And I think that it's interesting that based on both the influences, the good and positive influence these girls have had on her, and also just this information that she finds out, she's able to let that let that go a little bit and actually explore who she wants to be and who she knows she is behind that shell. And I think just just seeing her sense of humor come through and and seeing her character change. She's a beautiful arc, and I I just am looking forward to exploring that, hopefully.
0: I am genuinely rooting so hardcore for you, the team, and this show. I hope you all know how exceptional you are in this. This really was something else, probably one of the best new shows that I've watched in recent months. I absolutely loved it. So, Sophia, congratulations, and thank you for sharing some of your story on Leading's Night.
1: Thank you, Perry. I hope I didn't ramble too much.